G'day, you hackers and choppers. I had something in my head and I didn't say it properly. It's the coach. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you have all tapped into the big Iron Jaws wag. I'm here with Donnie from the Detroit City War. Detroit City, right? Uh, yeah. Detroit. Detroit Warhammer Club. I, I think of the, there's a wrestling tag team that I've loved for like 10 years called the Motor City Machine Guns. And that's Detroit, right? But yes. Yeah, I don't Motor know. City, yeah. That, so I think for me, like halfway going through that, I'm like, oh, are you the Motor City or are you Detroit City? Anyway, we're here with Donnie. We're talking Iron Jaws. You have a new book. You have an errata. Donnie has gone 5-0 and oh at a bunch of events, including recently Michigan GT, which was a solid, a solid attendance rate. And I want to get into Donnie's head and find out how he's thinking about this book. It's the third edition book. Um, it's a sweet book, by the way. I really like it. It's a good book. Um, a bit sad that you lost prayers from the, the Bone Splitter sides, but this is not the Bone Splitter show. Um, I'm sure you would have loved Curse or something, but we're here to talk Iron Jaws. Let's get the wire on, right? Get in the wire. But before we kickstart, you know, I thought maybe introduce yourself a little bit. So you are from Detroit. You are yep. very well known. You got the awesome shirt. We were saying earlier that um, Brad and the Games Club would not let you down if you weren't wearing yeah. the Detroit. Yeah, there it is. Represent. You guys, you guys are a super competitive club. I will get you on the channel as a group at one stage. But for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you want to let people know other than your humble Flex of five and O's. <laughs> Humble flex of five and O's. Yeah. Um, really just playing in the Midwest scene out here. Um, attended quite a few events like, uh, um, what was it? Uh, Depticon, went up to Wapaka, um, Holy Hammers or uh, Holy Wars, um, Circle City, Midwest Meltdown, Michigan GT. So um, tried to do some of those different things. Been playing the game uh since back in like six edition so quite a while back like old fantasy style you know all the square bases and stuff like that so um and then uh transformed into aos and whatnot and um been loving it since and i think the game's in a really great spot where it's at and just kind of ready to get going with it so and keep cracking on this three and oh stuff so no, I absolutely love it. We were just talking a little bit earlier, the fact that um, my world had recently kind of stopped and yours kind of stopped, you know, at the end of 2E. You've come in, you've absolutely had some banger results. And um, I've been dying to have this discussion. I've been waiting. The FAQ seemed to take 10 years. I don't know why it took a million years to get the FAQ. But boy, oh boy, you guys got it good. I think, um, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember seeing this book for the first time. I'm going through the reviews and... And first off, I thought Iron Jaws were a big winner. I didn't think that there was a lot of bad stuff in the book, unlike like Bone Splitters, which I think lost a few things. And I know there are some passionate Bone Splitters players out there that, you know, they're like, yeah, our piggies are now good. But Iron Jaws, I thought, come off pretty well with this new book. What was your initial take? Um, no, I really liked it. Um, I really didn't think they really lost really much you know a few mount traits a few artifacts and stuff like that uh, some command abilities or uh, command traits but really um with the way that they did the mega bosses and stuff like that with the um being able to do the spam the command abilities and stuff like that um and then that before at michigan gt we played it pre um faq so it was really only like mighty destroyers you could do with like all three at the same time redeploy 
um, Battleshock, you know, like those were really about the only things that you could really kind of like do in spam, sort of speak. But even with that was like, man, like just seeing how the army could move across the table um, with the mighty destroyers and stuff like that, um, I think was huge. So um, being able to get around the board, especially on the smaller board now, um, I think just really put them in a good spot. When I was doing the book preview, I, I remember looking at the armies like, you know, you obviously got Iron Jaws, you've got Big Y, you've got your, your Cruel Boys and you've got your Bone Splitters. And I think when I was thinking about it initially, I thought Cruel Boys was the winner. Obviously, the new models, they're always going to get the great stuff. You know, then I thought it was Iron Jaws, then it was Bone Splitters, then, no, no uh, Big Y, then Bone Splitters. I feel like Iron Jaws after that errata has now kind of moved to the top. Yeah, you got a little bit of a change with the what people might have thought was going to be a double pile in piggies at the end of combat but you've gained a whole bunch of cool things and there's a lot of viability whether you go through the piggies whether you go the brutes or even the art boys and i want to get your thoughts around the art boy i think there's some crack science that sounds good in theory but in practice it's a bit of a unicorn like i don't know if the four plus rally is a strategy i would build around but i think now like i think iron jaws does certainly feel um closer to cruel boys at the top no i would agree with you i think you know um in last the last book you know i think uh big Wah kind of took the show on them over iron jaw and bone splitters you know um i definitely went that route myself um but then when this book came out i think i agree with once that feq dropped i think iron jaws kind of jumped maybe even to the top um and then cruel boys and then big Wah, and then um you know, bone splitters um, down there at the bottom. So, um, yeah, I mean, with the Cruel Boys having the um, mortal wound damage and the range attacks and stuff like that, it was like, ooh, like, you know, like, what's the new shiny stuff, right? You know, um, but looking back at the Iron Jaws, I'm like, nothing really got bad. Everything kind of came up, and they kind of have an answer for a little bit of everything. Um but to your point with the unicorn of the uh, rally on a four up, I don't think I've rolled or spent a command point in any of my practice games or any of my other games in 3.0 on rally. Okay. Because everybody's still in combat most of the time. Yeah. Or they're dead. <laughs> you know? so and, and that and that to me is like, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Like I and I think that's you know where I think the trap is like I could go. 15 odd boys and you know that's that's really cheap like there's a really good amount of wounds for the points that you're spending and then the fact that you rally instead of it being a six plus it's a four plus you're like holy shit i could bring back potentially half the unit when it kind of gets to the end and it sounds good in theory right and that could help you save from a, losing your grand strategy of hold the line you know by retreating those one or two odd boys out regenerating them making them harder to to kill but in practice it's probably something that is is might happen and it's like well am i better off putting points into like my uh, my brutes my pickies you know i'm seeing a lot of lists right now with two more crushes um so you know or, or going a lot of um is it war chanters and things like that so i think those points yeah. kind of get spent elsewhere yeah i thought about kind of squeezing in some in my list that i took to michigan gt um but in the end, I end up taking another hero to get another battalion. You know, one of the sub heroes um, was about the same amount of points. So um, felt like that was the better spend on points than having a couple guys to maybe do something. Um, but no, I think 
one of the guys I played against, I played uh, game five at Michigan GT was against um, Noah, who's on the um, American team. He was running Iron Jaws as well. Um, he had a unit of 15 um, boys in there. So, um, and played them quite well. And, you know, holding objectives and stuff like that, you know, big unit, they're going to come back. You know, you're going to have to spend some stuff to them. If you're hitting them with shooting, obviously at that point in time, you can do the rally a lot easier, you know. So I think there's definitely a spot for them in the list. Um, just kind of figuring it out, you know, those double maw crushers definitely take up the points though. So before I get into the weeds of the new book, I might just, you know, take yourself back a little bit, go back into time. It's, you know, 2019, 2020, and you're playing your iron jaws. And I know, I think you went five and oh, you'd done incredibly well in, you know, the Midwest. What's changed between editions? If I'm, because like my country is just restarting, right? So if I'm picking up my idols for the first time and it's been a while since I played with them, what's changed between second and third edition other than the points changes and board size stuff? But for idols specifically, how has the book changed? Um, there's definitely a couple of different things there. Um, the way the WOW works has changed um, with the new book. Uh, Iron Jaws has a sweet Y ability that you can do once per game. Um, it's at the start of your charge phase. Um, the whole army board-wide, as long as your general's on the table, um, can declare Y, and everybody gets plus one to charge. And then on top of that, everybody gets uh, another um, pip of uh, Ren. So, you know, some things are going from no Ren to Ren 1. Some things are going Ren 2 to Ren 3. Some things are, you know, um, Ren 1 to Ren 2. So really just allows you to really take advantage of that smashing and bashing that they have in that one round of combat to really just kind of can open your opponent. So um, I think that's kind of where, like, the, the uh, errata of the piggies going from Ren 1 to Ren 2 then add that once per battle iron jaws wah to go from ren two to ren three right could be is, massive yeah <laughs> i mean massive. i like yeah um i didn't get to play with that you know they were ren one to ren two which was amazing so ren two to ren three is just it's 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 wasn't needed i don't think actually you know but um yeah, i think they wanted to match them up to the brutes um, to what the brutes were doing, it's like as far as arm, like weapons and stuff like that. So, um, but some other things that have changed um, the way that the command abilities work on like the uh, maw crushers and the um, mega bosses on foot, um, those are completely different. They don't have a scroll um, command trait anymore, um, but they have a new unique ability that allows them to do three command, the same command three different times in a phase for one CP, which is huge, um, especially with the way that we're getting command points now. Um, you can really affect almost like your whole army with things versus one to two units. What are you What are you traditionally issuing with those three or two, depending on if you've got Gordrak, if you've got the Mega Boss? Like, what's the, what's the thing you want to issue? I mean, I think initially you're doing Mega or uh, Mighty Destroyers with them. Um, I like taking the second or the command trait that allows the general to do mighty destroyers, even if it's already been called in the game. So with having double maw crushers, one guy issues it to three different units, himself included. And then the other maw crusher, which is the general, issues it to three other units. So your whole force is getting a free move in a turn in the hero phase. Um, with 
the shooting meta and stuff like that, that's huge too, because then you can do the charge in the hero phase and get around that unleash hell because it's not a uh, charge, you know, they're not doing it in the um, charge phase. It's in the hero phase, so they're not able to do the unleash hell. So that's a great way um, to kind of get around some of the uh, uh, shooting and stuff like that that Iron Draws lack and get shot up on the charge. And next thing you know, you got, you know, went from 10 guys charging to four guys charging. And, you know, you can do that in the hero phase to avoid some of that. So. Because you lost your Iron Jaws, Iron Sons battalion, right? And that was a staple in second edition. It seemed like everyone wanted to go for that turn one charge. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you you gave away first so someone could, like, you know, Arcane Fault or you do some damage to yourself and you kind of sneak up forward and then, you know, like, that was that yeah, was I think, thing, right? Yeah, I think with the uh, GBH 2019, they updated the uh, iron jaw book that was before they upgraded the um book into with bone splitters um if i remember correctly and there's i'll be corrected by the way was it the iron fist battalion or am i um, the iron sons is the sub faction uh, iron. yes iron sons was a sub faction iron fist was the battalion so yeah <laughs> iron jaws iron fist iron sons right, right. right. everything's yeah. iron man get some yeah. get some gold or some silver there but anyway are. yeah but yeah, there was a one-drop battalion in there um, that you could do that made everybody um, really you could get ahead of the game. Um, and they also released the spells for the shaman in there too, which had the big green hand, which allowed you to teleport. Um, and back then too, you had bonuses if you're around so many other orcs and stuff like that, or orcs, I should say, with the new pronunciation. Uh, and um, so you're teleporting guys like I had a mob of 30 art boys that I teleport turn one and tie up pretty much the whole enemy line and then would declare a with the uh, brooch when we had that from uh, the um, additional magic items and realms and stuff like that. And some games, you know, I probably averaged about a plus seven to plus ten uh, attacks per guy. So you put that on a 30-man unit that already has, you know, base two attacks, threes and threes, you know, Ren 1. That's massive, yeah. <laughs> you pretty much just, you know, then turn two, three, you know, you just kind of clean up what they didn't kill. And, and probably the other thing that I was thinking about going from two to three, and this was a staple as well, is you'd always have the Bellwind Vortex. I always found, was it the Weird Nod Sharp, Weird Knob Shaman, would always cast that Bellwind Vortex because the army was so fast that you would just lose your targets by the time that, you know, the little shamans run out of the board and the piggies and the and the war crushers have just hit the line and you're out of Mystic Shield, you're out of your general, you know, support support ranges. So has the loss of Bellwind Vortex messed you up a little bit? Have you noticed the difference? Um, I did a little bit with uh this last tournament um playing in 3.0 and stuff um but kind of restructured things a little bit um and really took advantage of that mighty destroyers and the you know being able to put it on three different units so everybody's moving you know so you're putting shamans instead of in the back you're putting them towards the front you know and you're moving them forward and you're running them and you know you're not getting them into combat but the, you know if you get a free move then you move again then you run with them you know you're not too far behind so um and trying to plan accordingly with that so 
you know, just one of those things like, you know, there was these staples in second edition where, you know, certain armies had like that, you know, like I was talking to Fire Slayers only recently and you know, everyone had Lords of the Lodge. That was like the go-to battalion. Everyone took it. Uh, and it felt like your your lads always had the Balwin Vortex. But yeah. I think, you know, the other, the other thing as well is the board sizes have changed a fair bit for you. So, you know, if anyone was going to reap the benefits of the smaller table sizes, um, and, and, you know, is guaranteeing yourself a turn one charge or just getting into more of those juicier targets, you know, you guys, I think, are in a really good spot. And I think the other thing as well that's probably played into the Iron Jaw's strengths is the fact that there's less screens in the table. There's le- people aren't taking big screens. They aren't, um, they aren't stretching themselves further. It's harder to kind of leapfrog those screens, but, you know, to get into the juicier things, people are putting more points into heroes and to elite choices and that's the type of things that you want to smash and bash right <laughs> no it definitely is uh um because they also just changed the maw crushers um destructive bulk ability that was the next question <laughs> I would ask because that to me that to me was like you know bowling where you you know you you roll the the more crusher in you'd you know you might do some chip damage to weaken the unit then the the more crusher hits it kills it moves along hits it probably kills it if you get your targets right you could do three four i think i might have even seen like a, a really solid like five or six money destroyer of charge in one particular combat um and i thought that hurt like when i saw it go to what is it like a well now it's a, a, stomp. a d3 d3 plus a d3 plus three stomp right like, which some things i mean like hunters of the heartland if you think about that battalion they can't do it to that, you know, so they lose a big chunk of their war scroll and their ability from a simple battalion that anybody can really take. And it's not hard to get a hunters of the battalion ability. I think they, I, I think they should have been eroded. I feel like you guys should uh, get around hunters of the heartland because when I saw that, I'm like, that sucks. I'm like that, that sucks. Yeah. That was one big thing that I noticed um, not having any kind of like impact damage. Right. You know, like, you miss that for sure. And I played um, at the recent tournament at Michigan GT, I played against two uh, Suns lists. So there was no stopping. So, like, there, that just got thrown out the window, you know. And one of the traits I'd taken with the new guy where he does D6 damage instead of D3 uh, on that stomp. So um, against the right targets, he can do up to nine damage in one stomp. Um, which is pretty, you know, it'll kill most screens, most heroes, you know, but um, against Suns, it really didn't do anything, so. Yeah, and and look, you know, when we move out of Gur and Hunters, because Hunters of the Heartland is not a core battalion, so it sits within the battle pack of General's Handbook. So the minute we move out of the General's Handbook 2021 and into a different battle pack, assuming Hunters doesn't get brought over into the other one, I think that's kind of where destructive bulk is going to really be supercharged. But yeah, right now people are either doing one drops using a battle regiment or they're doing like warlord and hunters of the heartland to make sure that their screens are protected. Like I played against a stormcast army the other day, a storm keep, and they just put everything into hunters of the heartland, sat on the middle of objectives, counted for three bodies and just, you know, could, could accept the charge and regenerate and things like that. So, um, well, I think they have a sub-faction, not to get too far off tangent with them, but um, I think they have a sub-faction that's completely ignored. It basically makes everybody hunters of the heartland without having to do the battalion. 
so you can still do the other battalions and stuff like that they ignore ignore all monster reactions so yeah yeah but look you know i, I think that was probably the big change that i noticed but you know the more crushes got extra wounds you know the the gore hackers got i think extra rend um i thought the brutes new rule was interesting where that you uh is it a unit or a unit with a wounds characteristic of one can't contest an objective if it's within three of brutes or something there's sometimes yes. shenanigans there i thought which was like why brute stock just went through the roof when this book very first came out no i instantly started uh building up some brutes and stuff like that when that uh when i read that rule i was like wow like that's that's huge because um i mean some of the gaming groups i play in and some of the guys i play against a lot of undead players you know bringing 40 zombies and 20 graveguard and 40 skellies and you know bone reapers and you know like you're just not going to chew through that many things but you walk up five brutes to that you now take the objective so like it's it's that's a really great rule um and uh, I think we'll catch a lot of people by surprise with that. Um, and some of those armies that don't have multi-wounded um, main uh, troops and stuff like that. So, talk to me about the new the new stuff, right? Because the new stuff you got a grand strategy, or you kind of got two, but like you got an extra grand strategy and you got some battle tactics. I'll ask you about the battalion soon, but. You, from a battle tactic and a grand strategy point of view, not that the rules up if, if you need it, but like, do you, it, it, like what's your what's your grand strategy currently? And were you tempted to take on so the Iron Jaws one, for example? So there's who show them who's boss. Um, you pick the grand strategy if your general is Iron Jaws, obviously, uh, and then if there's two enemy heroes uh, were slain by attacks by the general, and your general has not been slain, you score your grand strat. A lot of conditions, um, a lot of win conditions there. You've got to, you've got to, you know, your general yeah. kill two enemy heroes. What happens if you go up into like Archaon and you know he's got like War Shrine and Varangard? You know right. what happens if you go into you know Sons? Like I mean, obviously that you've got to kill the heroes, right? Right. No. Yeah. You got to kill them in order to win the game there. But um, no, I thought that was really interesting because I was like, oh, let me see what the new ones are um but it seemed like it was too much criteria in order to like meet it almost where um like we're still trying to learn this edition i think so i was i kept it simple um with me taking you know lots of units of battle line um I was like let's just hold the line for right now um and uh try not to make it like overthink it you know so um because some list that you're gonna play against you might not go up against a couple of heroes or you're going up against like two major heroes that you you know like if you're going up against like Bellicor and Archeon, like <laughs> well. if i'm playing at the local friendly game store and i'm like you know just you and me donny like yeah you might take Shom who's boss i think right now at a tournament point of view you know there's a lot of hero monsters running around whether it is you know um Archeon and kairos you're running around with um marathi and a cauldron of blood you know a lot of people are putting big points into their heroes so is this something that i want to put my general and tie my like, all i have to do is then i you know avoid your general with my heroes um and i can kind of stop you from scoring a grand strat while hold the line is probably in a bit more control i mean if it was something like hey like if you could kill two enemy heroes and your general still alive i could see doing that but being that you have to slay the heroes with your general i think made it you know just that kind of piece that made it a little bit more difficult 
if your general is a more crusher and you guys got extra wounds, you know, Gordrak got extra three wounds, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I know the Mega Boss of More Crusher lost its armor save characteristic, but you can then change it back to a three with the weapon loadout. Are you finding that your general is quite survivable and this could be an achievable grand strat, or are you finding that it potentially dies through the five the five rounds? Um. I mean, I took two Maw Crushers in my most recent one. Um, I had one of them die every game. Um, you know, but I kind of threw one out to be aggressive with one and then kept my general kind of back to make sure I to clear Wah when I needed to. Um, he's pretty survivable. Um, I mean, I got him down and, like, I had to, like, move away from uh, combat and, like, redeploy and stuff like that to make sure. Because I almost got charged by two Mega Gargans. So, yeah, he would have been dead then, you know. So, yeah. luckily, I had to redeploy, rolled the lucky. Uh, I think I rolled a five on that redeploy, got out of there, was able to redeploy some other units in the path um, to kind of block so my uh, general stayed alive and stuff like that, you know. Um but I mean, you know, as he's killing things, he can definitely, you know, he starts adding wounds back on and stuff like that. You know, there's several times I got up to like 22 wounds off of 18, but against like an army like Suns, you know, you you you're taking a minute to get one extra wound. Can your general take down two mega gargants? Um, it, it look look, I, I I just wanted to bring up that it's an interesting one. I think if you had a more crusher general, it's definitely easier than saying if you're going to take I don't know a more a, a mega boss on foot. Oh, for sure. right now, I think right now it's a bit maybe maybe too hard in the meta right now, just because you're going to find a whole bunch of matchups where there's these superheroes where it's just going to be near impossible because most of their points are in their troops and this mega hero, the godlike hero. Right. Or if you're going against like uh, realm lords, right, with three foxes, you're not going to catch the foxes. <laughs> you know, it's going to be really hard to, right? You know, um, and trying to kill those with, you know, killing two of those with you, with your general chasing around the table in five turns is not going to be the easiest thing in the world to be able to do. So, what about some of the battle tactics? Oh, because, oh, because you got the other one. I'm not even going to talk the other one. The other one requires Kragnos. Um, Gordrak or the Gobsprack. We'll don't worry about that one. But you got the you got some battle tactics as well, right? You've got um was it stack get stuck t- there's time to get stuck in and yeah. you've got squish the puny gits. Don't squish any gits. Come on. Hey, come on. Um, you know, and the battle t- you know, from the, the time to get stuck in, you you choose it in the first or second turn and um what is it? All basically all of your army has to be within 12 inches of the enemy of the um, enemy yeah within you know in that first or second turn so yeah of of an enemy so you know as long yeah. as they're winning basically combat right is that a, i mean that you i tried to do that one um that one's not too difficult it just depends on what you're taking in your list um if you're taking like you know heavy infantry lists with brutes and hard boys and stuff like that like chances are you might not be within 12 um you know moving through things also depends on the scenario is there objectives that you have to keep guys in the back and you know so you're kind of like that was going to be my point was that you've you've (laughs) got to be within 12 inches of an enemy unit by the end of the turn which means if you've got to hold an objective you either have to hope hope that there's an enemy within 12 of that objective and yourself 
or you've got to move off the objective to score the um the battle tactic and get within 12 so something that's super fast and get you know can get you up early good right. um if you lose the drops as well and, and your opponent's aggressive not a bad one right so i mean i think there's definitely i think it's very achievable um it just kind of depends on which way you know how that game's going you know to your point if your opponent's charging you with everything and you got everybody within 12 might as well right um go after it so and then the other I one um, I, like I, the used, other one. I used the other one um more towards the end of games um when things were kind of getting cleaned up and um you know they only had like one battle line unit left i'm like all right that's kind of same thing as you know um broken ranks right broken you know ranks. broken ranks is a little bit different wording and stuff like that you just pick a single one it doesn't matter if there's other ones left but this one you have to just make sure there's no enemy battle lines left on the table so um i found that one more useful towards a little bit towards the end of the games versus uh you know in the beginning and stuff like that i usually went with broken ranks first and then countered with that one as i wore down the battle line units yeah and the great thing obviously with the battle tactics is it's not something you have to choose instead of it's either you, you've got a list you've got your your battle pack battle tactics plus you've got the battle tactics from the book and you choose what's best as opposed to the grand strategy where it's either i take you know pillars of belief i hold the line or you know i've got something very specific i'm going to choose uh you know in and out lads or shom who's boss that um i think battle tactics your your side definitely good grand strats uh, I wouldn't take it at a tournament. I'm happy to play it at my local game store. I would not play right. it at a tournament. You know, something where maybe a little bit more for fun, like, hey, let me see if I can actually do this, right? You know, like, set yourself your own challenge. You know, can my general run up, kill a couple of heroes, stay alive in the game? You know, it definitely is going to be a little bit more challenging in that regard. Actually, a good question from Phil. Um, yeah. I probably missed this one. Was what about the wild grand strategy? So uh, blah blah blah. If you pick the model to be your general uh, or a friendly battle battle line unit that's wholly within enemy territory, so that's not that's not a too bad one. I'm going to quickly bring up the the grand strats, but that's actually not a bad one as well. No, that one's not too bad. Um, it just it requires you to be positioned on the table at a certain spot. You know where the current hold the line with a battle line unit can be anywhere on the table it doesn't have to be in the enemy territory and some of the new um uh the deployment zones yeah the, as I was, i'm like the deployment zones not all of them are half and half of the table you know some of them are just those small little pieces so um depending on things that can make things a little bit more difficult so but no, i like it again not not bad by any means and again you know something where maybe not at a tournament but um or you know maybe on a smaller tournament that you're like hey you know i got a unit this is their goal every game is to run across the table yeah like if, if you if you've got like a brute build or an odd boy build and you just want three piggies or you're going to take a, a, a more a more crusher just something to like just you know be, be a missile launcher absolutely um it's, it's not a it's not a bad one i'll, I'll give you that war is not too bad the yeah. other one that kind of is very uh very nuanced and very specific is going to be the core battalion you got which was the, the you got one which is the iron jaws fist 
that yeah. basically requires you to have what two troops? Is it troops? Basically, just two troops. So, um, which could be our two military troops and then three optional troops. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really, you know, any of the um, art boys, brutes, um, Gorgruntas, any of those can fit into that. So, um, and it gives you an, a, a free all out attack, which is nice. Um, or the, uh, you know, unleash hell, unleash. but which they're not unleashing hell. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so. Like, there's no situation where you unleash hell. I mean, technically, the Maw Crusher could, but he can't go in that battalion. So. There's only troops, so yeah, it's right. like there's no, like, all right. But like, would you, uh, and I guess this is a good option if you can't take, like, double Warlord, if you didn't want to fill up your army with a couple of the smaller troops and you just want to go in with heavy, um, you know, more crushes, or you just you don't want to go Hero Hammer and you want to do more troops, this is a nice way to go, like, Warlord and Iron Fist or... Um, I mean, you could go, you know, battle regiment and and this, but I think maybe I'd maybe rather. Like, do you need the extra free command given given things like your more your your mega bosses and your more crushes can do two and three anyway? Depending, you know, I mean, because you might have. There's a couple times where I've teleported a unit across the table, um, where they weren't within range of my maw crusher in order to give from his ability to do it all right you know um so allowing them to get a free um you know all-out attack is not bad and i mean it only requires you to take two units um so it's not really requiring you to take a whole lot of stuff so um i could definitely see it being viable um just kind of depends on what else you're putting in your list and stuff like that if you're not taking a bunch of the sub heroes the sub commanders um you take them like two maw crushers, you know, and then filling out some other stuff, not taking all the sub heroes, you know, you might not have other battalions. And this is a nice one just to get a free all out attack in there. Yeah. And like if you are going to build, a, you know, I would try to go like a low drop battle regiment and you got a couple of extra troops that you can't quite fit into your battle regiment, do you A, hunters, B, go the iron fist, whatever it was? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah, fist. Fist. yeah, like that. That actually might work because you might not need hunters, like you might not care about you know monstrous rampage. What you'd prefer is having the extra CP because you are hand of gawking them, you are doing something, um, as opposed to yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not it's not bad actually. It's not too bad. I mean, you know, brutes coming in swinging on twos is a lot better than swinging on threes and doing that for free because you are spending CPs on mighty destroyers on redeploy on you know all the other stuff that you know you're you you come to a point where you have to have like some resources right you know and you can only have so many CPs so being able to get a few free cheeky ones in there you know definitely not a bad thing the um the and things like brutes and odd boys can they issue they can issue commands themselves right they've got the elite models they can issue um, they don't need a hero they have a champ yeah so they don't have they're not elite but they do have champs so they can do it to themselves so yeah I tell you what the chat is for some reason the chat's obsessed with rogue idols they just like <laughs> 
guys, settle down. It's we're talking more crushes here. We don't we're talking about that big rock. Would you bring in a, 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 the? I mean, I'm thinking about the 3D printing. There's the. It's he's called Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, best <laughs> name for a 3D printed rogue idol ever. But let, let, let's let's talk about some of those. Would you bring in a rogue idol to a Iron Jaws list? Um, I definitely would think about it for sure. Um, I think they could benefit from a few things in there. Um, I'd have to check the wording with the new stuff as far as keywords and stuff like that. I haven't really spent a lot of time looking at their new scroll. When I was running Big Wah in late second edition, um, had a rogue idol in there, you know, and he was awesome because you could buff him from the bone slur side, buff him from the iron jaw side, and he just went to town. So yeah, he was a great he was a great big wah, especially if you got like the triple cast and you know he's flying like 40 odd inches, just gets yeah. in your face. He's just a nightmare and I really good. And I wish that he wasn't like 420 odd points because then my gits could ally ally it in. It's just that right. fraction too much for my gits. But then let's talk about some of the other friends. You got you got Craggy, Kragnos, the Ender of Empires. Um, the man that I think is the biggest liar in the world, telling me he's killed all the dragons, yet has no mortal wound protection. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Kragnos? Would you bring him in an Iron Jaws list? And if you do, what would he bring to the party? Um, I would definitely consider it. Um, I was actually thinking about it for this, um, this last tournament. Um, I took Kragnos over the summer in my first 3.0 tournament with Suns um he's uh, bloody expensive i couldn't believe he yeah. went up in points like well the fact it was that he hard went to justify up... like at 500 600 now yeah. he's like 700 on points yeah when he went up to 720 i was like that's just you know um i mean nice thing he does smash through some more other monsters um and with people bringing the monsters right now like he just wrecks heck hell on them um he's you know i walked up to a turtle from uh, Deepkin, popped 20 wounds on it and took it off the table. And the Deepkin guy's like, uh, what just happened? So, you know. Because they rely on that turtle. That turtle is so good. And if he gets yeah. a bite off, they could do like flat six mortal wounds. So it's nasty. Yeah. But, um, and I think no, just, I mean, just to call out Hades really quickly, Hades mentioning that the rogue idol has all three keywords, both nice. uh, Cruel Boys, Iron Jaws, and Bone Splitters. So if that's true, good to see there's some interesting synergies because traditionally it only synergized either gits or the bone splitter side it didn't quite work um but that's a, a good good viable option but yeah, back to cool. back to that ender of empires yeah um i think he brings some interesting things um being a second general is nice because you can basically make him call wa right you know um which is definitely something that was a little bit nervous about only having one general on the table technically to be able to call that um you know because i ran in if i ran into a heavy shooty army and you know yeah i got 18 wounds but you can you can take that off pretty quickly you know against the right shooting list and stuff like that or um so i think there's definitely some stuff there he also buffs with the aura of the leadership or the bravery um you know, so I think that's important as well, especially when you're trying to do heroic recovery and stuff like that on the guys, because um, everybody's bravery kind of took a few pips down across on Iron Jaws, you know, so that's definitely helpful. Um, but I think the point cost is just where I was struggling to, like, really try to fit them in um, to some things. I think for me, the, the thing that I'm concerned about right now in the current state of the game 
is that people are building lists to handle mega gargants. They're looking at megas going, how can I pull down a 35 wound, maybe even more if you've got the Amulet of Destiny? Like, how do I pull this thing down? And when I look at Craggy with no mortal wound save, and it was the same kind of thing that I looked at when I saw the Stormcast Dragons, and they didn't have a mortal wound save. You know, the risk there is that people are going to be looking at high damage options. And if Craggy doesn't get the charge and it doesn't do as much damage as it wants to, and you're the recipient of a, a battle regiment who goes first and just does a whole bunch of damage, I think Craggy is a, a big risk. And I probably personally, that 700 points is another more crusher. It's more right. piggies, it's more brutes, it's some odd boys, it's some support heroes. No, I mean, that's a unit of pigs and uh, a maw crusher. So, like, it's a big know. trade. It's a yeah. big trade. What you get. And when I ran them with my sons, I lost uh, all five games. He died all five games. So, um, you know, I mean, when you're thinking about it, you know, four years ago, 18 wounds sounds, it would have been like, what? You know, 18 wounds, right? You know, but now. I remember how like, long it used to take me forever to kill a. Um... I remember, like, was it the Magma Dragons? You know, I had I had an Iron Jaws player once bring up a one or two Magma Dragons in their list. And Magma Dragons had 20 wounds, and it was crazy good at the time. Now, yeah. like... You blink at it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think, you know, I think there's some play there if you really wanted to um, with him. I think he could do some good things in that list. Um, I just think point cost with no ward save um is a bit too much i, I could see a list with the, with the kragnos and let's say a bunch of piggies uh, i think you know like a really strong um you know charge but obviously you'd have to build around not getting the some of the um you know the triple command point stuff and you know the the, the benefits that are more crusher brings so i guess pros and cons but the other thing is that you mentioned is the mega the, the mega gargant that's another option that if I was going to spend 500 plus points and bring something in, I've got the Rogue Idol, I've got Kragnos, I've got a Mega. And I think I'd probably rather a Mega, whether it's either an objective kicking Mega, uh, a damage dealing Mega, you know, one of the, the gate breakers. I think that yeah. to me is probably a more viable option and a little less points. Yeah. I mean, really, I think I would, you know, gate breaker at 525 versus 720 for Kragnos. You know, you got you're giving yourself basically 200 points back you're gaining almost double wounds you know going from 18 to 35 and you hit i mean other than like the impact damage stuff right you know um i mean his flail swinging 10 times it's gonna wreck through some stuff for sure so um you know and you're still you don't get the big count as 20 on objectives and stuff like that but you're still counting as five. Um, you're still a monster. He has movement twelve, so he's not being left behind. Um, so you know, a lot of that would... and, and if you put that mega gargan on that six-inch kind of circumference of an objective, um, there's not a lot of things you can put onto that. You know that 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 big pie plate is hard to right. to put other models around if you position it correctly. Yeah, and don't forget, I mean, because he would be the one that's the special one that also has um like the um deadly um breath thing too where he hits people afterwards after combat i believe so i think for me actually it would be if i was if i was in your shoes and i'm not i'm not an iron jaws player i'm a little 
I'm a little stabber, I'm a grot. But I think for me, maybe this is theory hammer. So you tell me, Donnie, if I'm a bit, you know, have one too many uh, death cap mushrooms. But the Kraken Eater, Bundo, the ally, I could see that kind of working well, kicking the objective and moving it forward along with your army so that as your um, as your piggies, as your more crusher, as your brutes are kind of moving up to battle, so is the, you know, some of those primary objectives that you're trying to retain so that, you know, there's a lot of deep striking and coming in from reserves at the moment. And, you know, you want to be in the fight. You want to have as many bodies in the fight within synergy ranges as possible. You don't want to leave stuff behind and you don't want to have like your war chanter just the only thing holding an objective. So I could see, I could see, you know, a, a Gargan kicking things up, throwing some rocks over the fence and, you know, when needed, it can kind of swing into combat and do some damage. That's how I would look at it. No, I think that would also be a great um, tactic there. So, um, you know, being able to move those objectives from playing with Suns and being able to move the objectives is huge. Um, and that was one thing, you know, when I played here recently, um, you know, what was holding my back line most of the time was my, you know, one or two war chanters, my shaman, like five, six wound heroes hanging out in the back with a four up save, that's it, you know? So, um, so definitely having something else back there to kind of support would definitely be uh, really nice, so. And not really, oh, you don't have anything heavy hanging back because you're moving that objective forward, right? You no, know? correct. And you know, the, the Kraken Eater has a really good shooting attack as well. So you could be you know, picking things out, breaking coherency, um, which I've been burning to ask you, actually, I should have asked this a lot earlier is how have you found coherency with your army, right? Because once you start reinforcing a unit, let's say your piggies, we go from three to six, we start changing the game with coherency. Has that changed your thoughts on having big blocks of piggies? Um, has it thought about making them, trying to get them battle to double reinforce? Like how is coherency and the reinforcing kind of changed your view on the army? Um, definitely has. Um, there's a couple, you know, with most recent list, um, was thinking about doubling up and um, reinforcing pigs to six. Um, just because when you put the buffs on them, you know, war chainer buff and whatnot, you know, it's just going to be that much more effective. Um, but um, I didn't want to be limited by the movement piece of that, too, and the coherency. Um, and really, I thought three was better. Um, because I could throw some different guys out for screens. I could throw different units to things and um, felt like that just was an overall better option. Um, I think if you're going non-maw crushers, right, you know, and you're doing a couple mega bosses, um, then, yeah, having a unit of six pigs or even a unit of nine pigs, um, if you're making them out of blood tooth and doing them as battle line and stuff like that, um, you know, being that they count for two each for objectives and stuff like that as well, being that they're, you know, five wounds. Um, and with, you know, especially with the new FAQ update with the rend as well, um, I think you're always going to want to run them with the um, Gorehackas. Um, you're going to get that two-inch reach. So really, you can actually go over the top um, with that over top of the other bases and stuff like that. So depending on how you format your you know, unit into combat and stuff like that. So, um, but I think Brutes, um, being at 10, um, 
they're pretty slow anyways at four inch move. I don't think the coherency part really hurt them too much. And if you're running them with the Gore Hackers, um, they got the two inch reach, so they can go. Over that was that was in, the point that I know? wanted to make because if you start going because you, when you go into one inch weapons, you do a lot of trade offs with your coherency because you don't have twenty five mil bases. Like you, you, you lose attacks, which is kind of why I get a little bit worried about double reinforcing piggies. Like you know, with a block of nine how many are actually going to get into combat versus how many are, are, are there for redundancy because you will lose a couple of piggies kind of as they go up the board um right and for like unleash hell you know you're going to lose one or two right you know um so i mean definitely that's something to think about um but as you mentioned that unicorn right you throw a rally on them you get a couple of pigs back man that's gonna dampen your opponent's day for sure so Actually, another idea I just had because I've been thinking about this and I and I love it is that that more that marsh crawler slog off to yes. get that plus one a t plus one to hit bubble. Is that something that you would be thinking about um, about adding to your list? I know it's now got the cruel boy keyword, so the errata didn't change anything for you. But the thing that I obviously love about the the slog off is that its ability of an eighteen inch so it's quite a large bubble affects friendly not keyword friendly so right. it means you could have this aura of a slogoth walking up the board giving you plus one to hit right. and then issuing other different commands and not having to worry about it no i mean i think i definitely would um if you could ally in like cruel boys and iron jaws right um, oh, you can't, these, can you not do no, it no you can't ally in any of the three so if you're taking big Y, you know yeah. um I think that's an auto include in your list. If you don't, <laughs> like, why not? Um, 150 points to give an 18-inch aura of plus one to hit. And the guy has, like, 12 wounds and a regen. So, like, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So. All right. Well, then why, why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't I go Big Wah then? So, like, what's Iron Jaws giving me that Big Wah wouldn't? Because the Big Wah uh, table changed, by the way. And I think it got reduced. Uh, it got... Look, it got aligned to to Age of Sigma three, but it certainly feels a little less powerful than it used to be. Right. Um, it definitely changed up how quickly you can build up the points in it for sure. Um, you lose um, smash and bashing, so you don't get to get that chain um, attacks going. Um, you also lose the wah as far as the plus one to charge and additional minus one ren, um, which is pretty powerful so um and then you lose some of the other like sub faction type things um you know i played blood tooth in mine which allowed the gore Gruntas to be battle line um and then also gave him a nice little move after combat which was pretty neat um but like iron suns is another one where you can counter especially now with the faq of what they did with the uh mega bosses and the um command abilities there being able to issue one cp and have three units counter charge your opponent with iron suns is huge but you can't so, fight now that was that was clarified in the errata that the like you you can do the iron suns charge at the end of combat but you don't get to fight correct correct but if somebody was trying to get away or you wanted to tie up a unit you know, or keep your, say you blew up the screen, 
but you couldn't get to their shooters, right? You know, and then you move that at the end of combat, you charge the shooting unit, you're sacking that unit, to, but now they have to shoot you or retreat. Um, and it saves your mob crusher sitting there and not getting shot by a unit. And they couldn't use Unleash Hell, right? Because Unleash Hell would happen in a charge phase where, right. and, this is probably, and this is probably one of the cool things as well, like if you can charge in the hero phase, if you can do something outside of the, you know, a particular phase, I can't Unleash Hell. I can't redeploy because you're doing it in the combat phase or the hero phase. So building around those types of little tricks, I found even like when I was playing a game um, with my daughters of Cain bow snakes and I was shooting in the hero phase and they're like, I want to do, you know, all that defense. So like, well, you can't because that is a, uh, an ability you cannot issue in the hero right. phase. So there's some interesting, and you know, even um, Flaming Gopai said you could prevent rally as well because you're now in combat so right. you can't, you can't, unless you've got like a hero phase retreat, like there's some cool shenanigans there. No, it really is, you know. Um, so I think there's, you know, definitely some stuff there. I think I'm going to look at Big Wad now that I've had the book for a little bit longer. Um, I got the book like a week before the tournament hit, you know, because um, it was on delay and whatnot. And, you know, um, but definitely uh, looking at that a um, little bit to see but i iron jaws is a fun list to play it's great to like just yeah. you know as it being somewhat one-dimensional you know you don't have shooting you don't really have heavy magic right you know you're literally you know a lot of fighting a lot of combat but they do it really well um but they also have a lot like as you mentioned just a second ago you know just all those other little things and little ways to kind of get around abilities and do abilities in different phases um really i think adds a lot of strategic strategic um thinking there in that list so i don't, I don't want to talk too much about big war because it's not the big war show but i think if you're right. thinking about like a little bit of diversity or you want to kind of break it up a little bit you want to play with you know some killer bows if you want to try you know something else you know i think there's a you know there's a really good opportunity to have some killer bows in the backfield with a shaman and then you've got the gore grunters you know running up the board or the brutes you know protecting that screen as opposed to the gut rippers but you know coming back to iron jaws i think the thing that i really want to know as well and i want to get to your list soon folks yeah. the list is coming uh, i i want to put some context and some meat around the bones but you mentioned, you know, the three sub-allegiances, your Iron Sons, your Blood Tooths, and your Big Choppers. How do you think those three compare? Do you think they're all even? Do you think there's one that's certainly a clear winner or a clear loser? Um, and obviously one big change as well is that, you know, Gorg Grunt has become Battleline only in, uh, what was it? Blood Tooths. Uh, in Blood Tooth. So yeah. that, that was, that's a change, right? That wasn't, right. That wasn't a restriction previously. No, previously, um, Gorgruntas were just straight battle line. Brutes, Gorgruntas, and Ardboys in the previous book were all battle line. Um, so, I mean, that was definitely something to, like, think about when I was building my list. I also kind of looked at what I had already put together and painted and done up, you know. Um, I think... Uh, I think it really depends on how you're building your army. Um, I think all three are great. Um, I mean, the, the Chapas, you know, if you weren't taking multiple war chanters and stuff like that, being able to pick three units of brutes or three units of art boys to do, um, their, uh, um, 
Violent Fury on to give them all additional damage um, is awesome. And especially if you're doing a heavy Brute list or a heavy um, Ardboy list. You know, I think definitely would want to lean towards that. Previous edition, they got, you had to have like a War Chanter, or not a War Chanter, but your Shaman was like your general. And, you know, like it was some kind of, in like the artifacts and uh, command traits that you had to take with that weren't, never felt like they were all that great. And I love, I love the unlocking of all that rubbish, right? Because um, I'm finding that right now, you know, again, with my daughters, where I like, I really want to run one particular build, but there's the artifact tax, there is a command trait tax, and it's not the one that I want to run, you know, I want to run Master of Magic, I want to try to pick something else, and I don't want to take Warlord or, you know, a command regiment just to get an extra artifact, I'd rather go to a prayer or a spell. But the fact that that's kind of been unlocked and you can choose your own command trait, you can choose your own artifact without going into Warlord, as an example, um, has really freed up those three sub-allegiances. And it's a change that I really like for 3E. It gives me more customization to the build that I want to run. No, I would completely agree with you there. Because that was one thing that was always like, uh, you know, you kind of almost like, almost made you go away from certain sub-factions because you didn't want to have to, like, do some of the stuff that they were requiring you to do. you got this stupid artifact where you're like, there's just a better artifact that I want to choose, and I've got to take it, it's token, and I don't want to run it, but I have to run it. And, like, you know, like, you, you never use it, you don't remember it, but, you know, you've got some good options here. By the way, just the spoiler, I love Iron Sons. Yeah. I love the counterplay of Iron Sons. It is the perfect thing for me because the one thing Age of Sigma 3 has felt to me is it's more interactive. It's not you go, I go. When Donnie's playing, I'm, I'm you know, on social media until I have to, I don't know, like <laughs> do a couple of things. I like try to dispel his his army. And if he double turns me, I might as well go to the bar and just, you know, tell me the nature of all my unbinds. Right. But the counterplay that Iron Sons brings along with Rally along with redeploy, along with unleash hell, along with some of the other shenanigans that that screams to me as a, a player who enjoys counterplay. That's my type of type of build. Yeah, no. Um Noah at Michigan GT who was running the other uh Iron Jaws list um and we we're playing game 5 top table, you know. Um and he was running Iron Sons. And he was, you know, it really made me think as his opponent of like i can get up to so many you know but I had a kind of counter block where he could sub you know counter charge um my units and stuff like that because i was trying to minimize my attacks back right you know so i'm trying to pick certain targets but then if i pick that target he can now counter charge with these three tar three units back at me so then i had to move other units up to block or do different things in order you know so it really um to play against it um, definitely made you really think about what you're doing and where you're committing to. Um, I think playing with it would just be a loads of fun, you know, because, oh, you want to charge this guy? Okay, well, his buddies are coming along <laughs> fight too, you know, so. Yeah, like people will charge and awesome. always try to like, you know, you'll see like top tables, right? You'll get all the, uh, the combat gauges and you put it around so you can not drag someone into combat within three. So you put the charge in perfectly and – you know, you're like, well, cool. Well, you try to avoid my my mega boss. You know, you try to avoid something in my army. 
cool, I'm now going to counter charge you and I'm going to get into combat. And if you didn't screen appropriately, I might be able to sneak around and kind of tag something really juicy that you don't want me to get into that I right. really want to fight. Right. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward um, to building out some brutes and building out some uh, art boys um, to be able to do a Iron Sons. Well, Puff, Puff and Stuff has asked, and it's probably a good timing, Brutes versus Art Boys. I don't think they're, they're comparable. I think Fallen has nailed it on the head. For me, it's Brutes every day. I think the Art Boys stuff right now is cheap wounds, cheap bodies, not a bad screen, throw it into Hunters. Rally might be okay, but don't build around, oh, this 15 yeah. block of Art Boys, I'm going to keep bringing them back on a 4+, plus and there's going to be undiable unit. It's not gonna happen yeah i mean you're getting 10 art boys for the same cost of five uh brutes you know um yeah like that yeah definitely they have two different roles <laughs> yeah they do two you know? very different things they you know yeah. brutes are brutes are your, your, your bashes uh and your art boys i mean the shields on the art boys are always good as well they do a bit of mortal wound reflection but they're there to chaff up the board they're there to screen out they're there right. to soak up the damage if you get a, a mirror match or someone who wants to run into you. Yeah, no, I I, I think the, uh, you know, to the guys' points there that a couple people have just said, you know, they definitely play two different roles. I think with them being only 85 points, um, you know, you only have, I think, what is it, eight scrolls total, I think, or nine scrolls total for our, or Iron Jaws. Um, so, you know, sometimes being able to fit those point costs in, you might need to, instead of taking three units of Brutes, you might have to drop one down to a unit of Art Boys, right? You know, um, in order to fit into that battle line um, requirements and stuff like that. So I think they fill that role, but then, you know, they can do some other things. They can hold some backline type stuff. Um, they can screen some different things. Um, so it just... But they're there to take it versus the brutes are there to deal it. So, and you don't want to you don't want to screen with brutes. You know you do not no. want to be screening with brutes. You don't want to be having them as your only bodies because uh, if you get someone who's got really good range damage, you know they're just going to clear your brutes before they get into combat, or at least clear off some of your good damage. But if you can protect them in some way and choose the fights that you want to choose, especially if you're going brutes and not really a lot of piggies, then I think Ard Boys and having some type of Ard Boys is um, is a worthwhile investment. And it means you can put your points elsewhere. Right. Uh, cool. All right, let me kind of cover that off. Anything else you <laughs> talk about from like a, a changes point of view or, or, or should I bring up your list? Because I think, you know, you've got some mount traits, you've got some spells, you've got some artifacts, you've got some mount traits as well. So not, command traits, sorry, you've got some command traits. And we'll yeah. obviously talk about them with your list, but... Um, I think overall you're you're in a really good spot. I think there's a lot of po more positives than than negatives. Although you can't, you got no priests, unfortunately. I think that was probably the thing that surprised me, and it was more of a bone splitter thing that you don't get access to curse, you don't get access to any of those um, generic prayers, which definitely would have been nice. However, um, I think the war chanters with them having the um, different uh beats um on their war scroll um is nice you get a heal in there you get a plus one to hit bubble in there um not it's not really a bubble but a plus one to hit in there um it's actually really quite nice when you're charging multiple things at one unit to destroy it. like playing against suns 
I would choose one of the Megas to get myself plus one to hit. So everybody that was attacking them got plus one to hit from that beat. Um, so I could spend my CP instead of doing a all out attack. I could turn around and do all out defense on my guys when you swung back at me, right? You know, so not only am I kind of getting both best of both worlds there. Um, so I think they add in some kind of play that role of the priest without having those priest type spells. So um, it's just the more time away, right? Just more time <laughs> for bashing, right? Right. So um, I think one other thing that hurt um we talked about like the destructive bulk on the um uh, mega um or the mall crushers losing the range on their attacks hurts everything's one inch on the on so, the mall crusher on the mall crusher the mount and the rider are both one inch did you ever have a three inch or was it always one and two uh it was one and two um yeah. but two inch reach you know, especially with the destructive bulk and different things like that where you're blowing up the screen or different things and then you're trying to you know pile in still from charging you know you could still tag some stuff and still do some damage um only having one inch you know there's a couple times where i tried to like hit a small hero that was behind a line of you know guys and you just couldn't quite get to that where if they were at two inch definitely would have been able to do it so um that was, my, I think, the only other real negative thing I think that really noticed on them. So it might just change a little bit to how you position your your mega boss on more crusher because you don't have the two incher. But uh, you know, that's it's a good. I think overall, again, we keep talking about uh, the positives. Um, Donny has given me one of his many lists, and um, this is certainly not the only way to run um, Iron Jaws. Donny, is that correct? That's hundred percent. Yeah, so if you want to run the Brutes, and I might ask you questions towards the end about a Brute kind of build and, you know, those types of things. But, you know, you've gone down probably a really good build right now for the current meta. Who am I? You're a 5-0 and o guy. Don't worry about me. <laughs> you know, you're double, you've got double cabbage. You've got two more crushes on Mega Boss. More, more, on Mega Boss. more <laughs> Mega Bosses on more crushes. Uh, and you've got some interesting loadouts, you know, Amulet of Destiny. You've got the Arcane Tome, you know, probably Flaming Weapon. Yep, there it is, Flaming Weapon. You've got yourself a couple of small heroes, three War Chanters, one Shaman. Uh, you know, kill and beat, fix and beat, kill and beat. You got all, th you got all three of the beats. You've got yourself four units of three of the Gore Grunters, so no double reinforced uh, or even any reinforced uh, Gore Grunters. Yeah. And interestingly, you wrap them up in Warlord, so you've got yourself two. Uh, well, you can either get two artifacts, or you get yourself an extra spell or a prayer or whatever. Um, and you've gone, got yourself a mount trait and an artifact, so you're ten drops and yes. it's an interesting question i want to ask you about because i have seen some people talking about the value of battle regiment and should i be going low drops to get the kind of the the, the turn one jump uh and how 10 drops has even impacted your play style in your list like why have you gone that over yeah battle reg um partly um went with the warlords because i wanted to get the extra artifact the extra mount traits um and then Really, um, when I started doing that, it was like, well, I was going to be at probably like five drop kind of thing anyway. So like at that point in time, like what's 10 drops, right? And the army with being able to do the six units um, with having that command trade of Mega Bossy, which allows you to do Mighty Destroyer again, basically. 
Um, so both Maw Crushers can issue Mighty Destroyer. Having six units be able to get a free move in that hero phase, it really didn't matter if I went first or second. It was my thinking with it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I could deploy a back line and I can still, my Maw Crushers are going 24 inches. Because they get a 12-inch move with Mighty Destroyer, they get another 12-inch move, then they charge 2d6. And if I wanted to do I could do it with a plus one. So, like, they're getting across the table. You're not hiding them too too many things out of the way. And as an opponent, it's always been my conundrum. Do I deploy at the, at the, at the closest I can be on my deployment zone and make your charge easier? Or do I backfield as much as possible to make your charge harder? But then with all your movement shenanigans, I'm really just pinning myself in my deployment zone and making my job harder to get objectives. Like, do I just like grit and bear it and just hope for the best? And I think that's kind of been like some of the way to kind of handle, because you can't avoid it. Like, unless you're carriage and overlords and you, you you split the force up across the board and then fly high and move around, right. you know, like, it, it's quite hard to avoid an iron jaws charge. No, and I mean, and on top of that, you also got the teleport in there too from the shaman. So, I mean, really, you know, Grant, that's on a 7+, plus, not the easiest thing to cast, you know, but um, not the most difficult thing either, right? You know, so. Um, but, yeah, just kind of went that way um, to get the extra things. Um, in all the games I've played in 3.0, having um, with the amount trade of Loudum on the general, having that roar ability um, and denying people... Um, command abilities in the combat phase has been huge. And with Loudon, you can do it to everybody within three inches, not just one unit. Cool. So, yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking up the <laughs> – while you're talking, I'm just looking up some of the things. I'm like, oh, this is Gotcha, good. okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so, going, like, I played against a Flesh Eater um, game and had some monsters and roared at them, and they couldn't, you know, do their um, – extra pile in and they couldn't do their you know fight after death and you know all that stuff because those are all command abilities and you know and if you roar them they just kind of shut down like half of what they are able to do so um just have found that to be very beneficial um also just a denying like all-out defense you know and that kind of stuff as well um obviously went with amulet destiny just for the survivability um being the, the general yeah, Can I ask about your command trait because you've obviously got Mega Bossy, right? Which is allowing you to do the extra mighty destroyers. Do yeah. you think there's a bit of value in play in there by switching that out to be Mighty War Leader to allow the free reroll? Well, not free, but you can um, do reroll charges for Iron Jaws within 12. Definitely thought about that. Um, I've ran. Uh, um, Ogres with the, you know, Stonehorn being able to do the reroll charge bubble, which is awesome. Um, mm. So definitely thought about that. If I wasn't running two cabbages, um, might have went that route. Um, might have went the route with the Hulking Brute to be able to do the uh, D3 mortar wound impact, um, basically, on top of like a stomp or something like that um, to really just kind of smash through some stuff. Um so if you, have, if you had like a if you had a traditional like more crusher when i say traditional like when i played opponents in 2e it would often be one more crusher it would be a couple of units of piggies you might have some odd boys or some brutes as well but it was mostly around having more piggies on the table and less 
more crusher. That could be a nice little play potentially. But what I'm here, and, and look, I like I like Mega Bossy, don't get me wrong. I'm just looking at this. I'm like, I also think that Mighty War Wild Lead is also a good choice, but probably not in this particular list. No, I definitely think it is. The other one I really thought about doing is instead of taking the uh, Amulet Destiny on him, giving him the Arcane Tome to make him a wizard, and then doing the uh, Touch by Wa, which normally you wouldn't think about taking on a Maw Crusher um, because he's not normally a wizard, but now that he's a wizard, um, you can do... Um, he basically is, you know, pick an enemy or pick a unit within six. So depending on things, what you're doing, um, but you can do, uh, some mortal wounds in that casting and then add that to your casting. And then there's a great spell, um, which is the, uh, Basham lads. It's an eight plus to cash cast, but it adds, you get plus one to wound to all iron jaws wholly within 16. So it has a 16 inch bubble for plus one to wound. Which is huge. That's massive. Right. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of ways to get around um to get pluses to wound, which is why things like the Frost Heart Phoenix have become really powerful because minus one to wound is a huge debuff. There's not a lot of ways to counter. Plus it to hit easy, no problem. Um, yeah, no, I really thought about doing that with tagging that with some Gorgruntas with the Mega or with the Maw Crusher, being able to go up, giving them all out attack. Plus, plus one to wound, so they're twos and twos. Now, Ren two or Ren three with Wa, you know. And if you're hitting them with the War Chanters, two damage a pop, you know, like it's just. And then you activate that Mighty Destroyers, you know. I mean, it just it can wreak havoc. And, and you know, to Travis's point as well, we kind of talked about this at the top of the show. You know, one of the challenges you've got with Mighty Destroyers is the fact that there is a lot of hunters, and a lot of players are building in Warlord and hunters. Or they do even battle regiment and hunters, and they're then choosing non-battle line units to be their screens in hunters, so that you don't even give away broken ranks as a battle tactic as well. So, if you are in a meta or in a you know a competition, you're seeing armies are having a lot of uh, hunters of the heartland. I could see you know not relying and not putting too many of your artifact and, and army choices into mighty destroyers because you will come up against armies where it's it's worth nothing um yeah so it's, it's it's a challenge right now so don't put all your eggs into the mighty destroyers basket no for sure and i thought with like the arcane tome being um to give me the option for an extra dispel up front um or unbind um depending on what i was going with honestly like in five games i think i cast flaming weapons once <laughs> so it was kind of pointless i think really looking at that now and going back at it i probably would have added um the destroyer on there um on that guy instead where it's is just this your michigan gt list remind remind me yeah this, yeah, is this was my GT michigan list. gt list that i took um so this went five and oh folks folks this went five and oh this was pre-errata so again pros and cons i don't think there's a lot of things that you would have leveraged in michigan gt that has now you've lost so i think you've only actually gained since you're yeah. five and oh no i mean gaining extra rent on all the gorgruntas and then really allowing like the mega bosses to be able to do all out attack all out defense um really kind of changing some of the redeploy stuff i think would have been beneficial as well um 
with how their command structure with the FAQ is now. Something that I, when I was doing the preview of this particular book, and it's an artifact that you know I'm going to ask you about, because I'm looking at this going, it sounds sexy, but is the trade-off worth it? And that's the Armor of Gork, where you get the six-up <laughs> ward, you're like, great, I could get Amulet of Destiny on one, I could get, you know, a six-up ward from the Armor of Gork on the other, so I've got a super durable double cabbage list, but I'm trading two, two inches of movement i get the six up ward i get plus one to hit so i don't have to worry about all that attack and things like that um or i've got some you know protection for debuffs is the is trading two inches of movement um and you can't run as well i think that was the other part like the, the ability not to run is that a big trade-off for you or is it not so much because of other some of the other movement shenanigans um i thought about doing that just to have the extra protection um, but it's not just minus two uh, move. It's really minus four because if you're using the Mighty Destroyer hero move, right, that's you're losing two inches there. Then you're moving your moving phase, you're losing two inches there. So he goes from a 24-inch move to a 20-inch move, which still 20-inch move is great, right? But sometimes they're on those big bases <laughs> so an extra four inches can be really huge there so it can help you jump a screen you know or you don't get the, yeah. you get the two inches accumulatively but it gets you to where you need to be yeah um, so and i mean with the healing and stuff like that that they're doing as they're attacking and everything like that um really didn't think that the went for more damage than for survivability on the second mock crusher so he pretty much died every game um but i threw him across the table slingshot him like a missile and he went bowling and blew up stuff so that's why i went with meaning on him um so when he did get his stomp off if it wasn't against hunters or a different monster you know he's doing d6 plus three damage on a stomp so with your three war chanters, right? You know, I know I know you're trying to fulfill the warlord battalions because you've got two warlords, right? So that's gonna need two sub commanders. Yeah, you, know, you need two sub commanders per warlord. If you like are they obviously they've got some, you know, shenanigans with through with through the, the various beats that they can possibly do. And yes, they're filling in warlord. Is there anything else that the war chanters are bringing to the table other than the heal, the the buff pieces? um and the sub commander things um i mean they're doing you know i mean with the buff being the extra damage picking a unit within 15 and they get the extra damage um is worth their points by the just if it was just that i think it'd be worth their points um they're actually surprisingly fairly decent um with you know i mean they got six attacks threes and threes they're no rem but they're d3 damage each so against you know i had two of them that went up against a small unit and blew up the unit because they're doing d3 damage with 12 attacks the war chanter yeah i mean they have six attacks each oh of course if you say so if you got them in power pairs or something well yeah i had two of them that i was like well let me see if i can blow this up and take care of that and you know um the other thing it's nice is the scenario where you had to leave a hero to claim the objective you know i could run up get the mod crusher take care of what i need to take care of he runs up behind war chanter you know moves on to it afterwards and the mod crusher goes forward and keeps destroying 
have you looked into the um uh, hades always jumps in the chat and always has this burning question there's always two people in the channel have always got the same type of question hades always always asks me about the warbands the underworld warbands and um toral always asks me about mega gargans do you have any opinions of the underworld warband is it the uh the iron the iron skull boys yep um actually looked at taking both of them um in this list um i ended up doing the shaman in the inn um because i was actually going to put the arcane tome on one of the war chanters to make him a wizard um and give him the big green hand of York to move guys around and stuff like that and kind of dual purpose that role and not have to you know take the shaman um but in the end with the double warlords i took the extra, the shaman um but no i think they're both um pretty good um i like the iron skull boys better um just because they got a five up ward save um so it makes them just that much more survivable um, it gives you four bodies instead of two bodies. Um, the other thing is the crushers, even though they're brutes, they don't have the brute ability to do the um, uh, ignore um, like wounds of one models for objectives and stuff like that. Oh yeah, the uh, the allegiance stuff. That, that's through the choppers, right? No, no, that's a that's a brute no. That's rule. on the brute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a brute war scroll rule, not yeah. Yes, and so you can't even bring that in for the 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 Morgulk's crushers, right? I mean, the more... iron skulls with that with that five up ward save, uh, I, I like as potentially a, um, a a screen unit because one, as I mentioned earlier, it's not a battle line unit, which means you can't give away broken ranks. And then two, the fact that it's got a five-up ward just means that well, you got two wounds apiece. I don't remember how many models come in the unit, but it just makes them just that little bit more durable. durable. Yeah, I think there's four in the unit. So Okay, so it's an know, eight, 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 potentially an eight-wound unit with a five-up yeah. ward. So you probably could count it as 10, yeah. you know, statistically, maybe a bit more on 10 or 11. Yeah, I mean, because they're five points cheaper than a unit of five hard boys. So you lose two wounds, but then you gain the extra ward save. So leaving them on a back objective or something like that, you know, or to your point, to a screen. Um, you know, I think you have some options, you know, for finding them in the army. Um, I think they did a nice job with where they're at and their point costs and stuff like that. So, uh, And I'm also being told, don't forget Ripper Snell Fangs. Are they, are they one of your choices? I know I can bring them into Gits. You can little... ally... You can ally the gits in, so you could ally them in for sure. So they are. They also in, in the git show that I did not long ago. They're actually a really good choice. Like they're cheap. They've got some good movement. It could be a great um, between them and even um, one of those warbands we were just talking about, like the Iron Skulls. They could be a really good example of being able to score things like Savage Spearhead. You know, you know, allow your primary gore grunters more crushy to kind of go up into the enemy teleport one of those units into the backfield the ripper snarl things run up the board they're a very very fast unit and cheap no one's going to attack them boom two battle tactics because you've scored right. that savage spearhead no i've seen some lists recently that had them in it like an iron jaw list that had them in it um i started looking at them and no movement 12 70 points you know like can do a few little things and got a couple and if of someone kills them shots. if if someone kills them, that's that's damage that's not going into the primary stuff that you want to stay alive, right? You're like, okay, cool, right. you you kill 70 <laughs> points. But if you ignore it, 
it's coming into your backfield. It's going to tag something. It's going to go, you know, it's going to try to deny you things. It's like, it's a really good unit. I actually, yeah. I, when that got pointed out to me, because I didn't think about it in second edition, I'm like, I don't need those things. In third edition, I absolutely do need those things. And I'm like, that's actually a really good call. No, I would agree. So, a couple of questions that I want to kind of bring us home with. Um, yeah. Light Tactics had asked me, and I can't find where the question is, but I know what, what it was. And he was asking, um, what are your good and bad matchups for Iron Jaws? There we go. Here it is. Do you have any good or bad matchups? So I imagine uh, Stonehorn style Beast Claw Raiders could be an interesting mirror matchup. Yes. Uh, I mean, because most of them are going to have the five-up ward save. Um, you know, all the Stonehorns do. Um, they're only 12 damage, um, but they are, if they're getting the charges, then you're dealing with impact hits, mortal wounds, you know. Um, the army itself, I mean, I had one guy that ignored mortal wounds or had a five-up ward, and that was it. The whole rest of the army doesn't have anything. So anything heavy mortal wounds is going to hurt. Um you know, I they count, more, they count. They count to more on the objective too, which can make it a challenge for your type of game. Yeah, I mean, luckily the you know they're not the cheapest um, pointed army out there. You know, so um, I played against, like I was saying, I played against two um, Sunsless. So um, both of them had one had four megas, the other one had three megas, and a couple small guys. Um, you know, so like. I knew in those ones, I took two mega two maw crushers against one mega, and basically knew I had to take out a mega a turn. You know, so um, if I didn't do that, then he's winning the game. So, um, but I think they have the damage output the Iron Jaws do to be able to do that. Um, so I mean, that definitely helped. Um, I played against a test game against you're talking about like um, daughters, you know, Marathi, Bow Snakes. He had a go track and it was the hero one. He took first turn, put both Marathi and the Shadow Queen and go track on the three objectives. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and my whole yeah, thing is all multiple damage, like big damage, and we're chipping. Chip, and chip. you and you don't have a lot of tools to do the chip damage because you don't have the shooting you don't have the long range threats and while you're really good at getting into say the bow snakes or even like the lumineth archers you don't have the tools to handle the foxes you don't have the tools to handle marathi and gotrek because you just can't chip away or you don't have a lot of single single damage or single attack you know high like my witch elves would go into them or you know something with you know lots of attacks single attacks yeah no i had two units of gorgruntas with 21 attacks each um hit gotrek and he basically demolished both units and took like four wounds you know you're like yeah and then he healed and then i'm like okay he's well. a jerk <laughs> um you know that one's definitely a rough one um I haven't had to play against a KO list. I got lucky on that. Um, what about something like Nagash or even uh, our our Lord of the Ever Ever Chosen Archeon, uh, or Archeon? Like, have you have you how are you finding those two? Um, I haven't had to go against Nagash himself. I've gone against Soulblight quite a few times. Um, 
and been able to, you know, be able to bring the damaged in order to remove everything. Um, and, um, I mean, he's going to bring a lot of magic and stuff like that. Um, you're just going to have to try to weather the storm a little bit with some of that. And you're there not is a lot of magic, like, you know, your hand of Gork, you know, cool story, but things like, you know, your, your war trainer beats can't be unbound. So it's right. not like, you know, you come up against these super casters and they're going to yeah. stop you from doing your thing. I mean, you can always take the mount trait weirdom, you know, which gives you an extra buff against spells and stuff like that, which might be helpful. Um, if you knew you're going into like a heavy magic meta and stuff, um, against Archeon, um, if they're bringing Archeon, they're not bringing a whole lot else on the table, you know? Um, so I think you kind of avoid Archeon, throw some pigs at them, and you let your Maw Crushers clean up everything else on the table. And then, you know, come round three or four, you say, okay, let's let's dance, you know, and <laughs> see what yeah, happens. You kill the Baron God, you kill, you kill the Baron God, kill the War Shrine, kill Kairos, kill everything else, and just don't get into that fight. Because the last thing you want to do is to have Slayer of Kings go off on the Maw Crusher, and right. just auto delete you with those double sixes but yeah. it's an interesting question and i think you know another really good question that kind of come up was you know would you consider something like the fungoid cave shaman to to get those extra cp as opposed to going for the weird knob i guess obviously you trade off uh not having the the big the big green hand of gork but right. in its place you would get the extra cp generation and a cheaper hero yeah i mean i ran him quite a bit when i was running big water in second edition um he was a great little add to add some extra um bonus cps and stuff like that um i think with the efficiency of being able to do one cp and being able to do things three times with the maw crushers um you rely a little bit less on having to have as many cps um you are spending them quite a bit my first like two test games i was blowing through cps like crazy and i'm like oh like i did like Kind of like dial it back and like, all right, let me like rethink about. You want, you want to redeploy every five seconds. You <laughs> yeah. want to rally every chance you can. You want to unleash yeah. hell. Be just to like you like what? Well, slow down, slow down. These yeah. resources need to last both of our turns. Yeah. So you know, at first you're like, wow, I got like all these command points, and then you're like, okay, wait, I gotta like manage this a little bit better and like think about um, what's gonna happen on the bottom of the turn or the next turn or you know different things like that and the opponent's side of things. So um but no i think that he's a great little ad um i definitely thought about adding him in to this list um because i had that kind of 90 ish points that kind of was like plugging and playing a few different things and just kind of settled in on the shaman at the you know what seemed to make the most sense so yeah i mean like you know they, they, you know as a gets player knowing being able to do hand of gork and being able to teleport can we not lose a game and i think yeah, if you go the fungoid cave shaman, you're not going to get access to the great, great, the the great big green hand of Gork. So it's that trade off, and I think I'd rather have the trade off over the extra CP. I'd rather, yeah, I, I think personally. But um, the other kind of question that I wanted to ask, and kind of before we bring this home, is is there a reason why you wouldn't want to play Iron Jaws? I think the only thing that I can think of, I'll take the heat here, is the lack of model diversity. You know, you lads with the KO and a few others. You know, I, look, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate. I come from Cities of Sigma. I come from Gunspite Gits. <laughs> I come from these deep rosters of like 60 to 70 models, different unit choices. But the challenge is, is then finding and honing a list is like in Cities of Sigma, like, right, I'm going to build Free Guild Guard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring my Free Guild General. Oh, I'm going to bring Handgunners. 
Oh, well, iron, dra iron drakes are better than handgunners. Okay, well, then what synergizes with iron drakes? Going hammers. And, and like, I just go down this rabbit hole of just trying to build a list. With yeah. you lot, it's simple. It's do I build around more crushes, piggies, brutes, hard boys? And I just bring in those synergies, and you all work together so well. And if I get bored, I can always bring in the big wah, play with some bone splitters, play with some cruel boys. Like, so I think for me, that would probably be the thing is that you got no shooting, your magic's not very good, and your your options to to have diverse lists are limited within pure iron draws. No, I would agree with you. You know, I mean, we talked about it. What was there? I think like eight War Scrolls total for the army, you know? So, I mean, if you don't count the Underworld ones, um, you know, those add a couple extra, but still, oh, even with that, that yeah. Okay. <laughs> 11, well done. <laughs> right, you know, um, but I think what they do, they do well, you know, movement damage, right? Movement and combat. They do it while they do it. It's clearly defined. I think that's probably right. one thing. Like some of, some of my armies, they don't really have defined roles. It's like it's very clear. Like you look at this book and you understand what they do. You understand what you want to do. What's the play style? How am I going to get the most out of it? And even if I just put a whole bunch of toys on the table, I'm going to have a good time. I think it probably is one big thing is that I've never had a bad game against Iron Jaws. It's always been fair. There's never been really any shenanigans. And... It's not like there's like I gotchas. It's just just a fair punch up in the middle. Just sometimes you do it a little bit faster than I do. Right. No, and I think if you're looking for something where you're having a bunch of like different little shenanigans and rules, and you know being able to do all that little chip damage and you know doing a lot of those different things, then Iron Jaws probably isn't for you, right? You know, um, if you want to be able to be super active in every phase, you know, we're not shooting. We have a couple shots from the wall crusher, eight inch range. That's about it, right? You know, so um, thinking about that, you know, if you're trying to do heavy magic and you like to have all that stuff, we're not summoning. We're not, you know, like all those extra little things we've kind of thrown out. But you get the big wah. And I think that's the cool thing is you've got the big wah, so you can go into that if you need it. If you were going to modify your list at all and you were going to build more of a brute build or um you know kind of drop your, your piggies back a little bit you didn't want because i think some people have looked at your not your list personally but i know when i've talked to some angels players you know the the double crusher is not the, the list for them they want to run more brutes they want to run more hard boys is there any recommendations you'd kind of give to those people as we kind of bring this home yeah i mean i think i would definitely start looking at iron suns first i really like that one um i think i'd have a, like three units of five brutes in there maybe taking one of the, you know reinforcing one to ten um having a couple units of pigs having a maw crusher um i think the mega boss on foot is, he got a new scroll um i think he's awesome for what yeah. he can do i mean he's only a four inch move so i mean he's gonna get there eventually but you know um with what he's doing, I think he really got a nice buff in this new book. Um, and he got he, he got that rule that allows him to fight when he dies if he hasn't already fought. So right. uh, if, if, if he's already fought, you don't get to trigger it, but you can, you know, you can go in there and, and fight with your brutes, fight with your odd boys, and even if he's got one or two wounds left, know that you're going to be able to fight and do some serious damage on the way out. Right. So, um, you know, I think I'd look at something like that, um, being able to do the counter charging, um, you know, really being able to kind of um, react to your opponent, 
doing stuff, I think, is always huge. So I was just looking at the I was just looking at a rule with the odd boys. Why have I got no? I think that's no. <laughs> I was looking at my I was looking at my old deck that I wrote. Okay. I remember there was one there was one error that I, I I built the Stormcast slides first, and then I built the um the uh, the orc one. Cause I'm more familiar with Stormcast than orcs. And there was something on my odd boys that I had three inch coherency. I'm like. Why the hell does Odd Boys have three inch coherency? <laughs> no, it's because the what I had there in the Stormcast was the um the, the little dragons and they oh, had right. a three inch coherency. I'm like, yeah. how do Odd Boys have three inch coherency? When the hell did that happen? It yeah. doesn't. It's just me being an idiot and not looking up for my, my templates. That'd be great screen. <laughs> There's gonna be a time where someone is gonna have a screen that is gonna have a three inch coherency, more like 40k. Like it's gonna come. Maybe it's like yeah beast of chaos or something but well stormcast have it with the uh other dudes that fly too the, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's what i'll say like those, those, not the those, those dragons but the, not the dragons but the other ones the dudes with the wings the prosecutors or whatever i think they're called the uh this is not the stormcast show don't don't sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm all green i'm all like laser focused great look i've i've really enjoyed this discussion donnie um I mean, we could talk for ages with Iron Jaws, despite the limitations on the amount of War Scrolls you've got, right? Because there is some interesting shenanigans. And I think if I was to summarize my experience and what I'm seeing in the local meta and even the global meta, I'm seeing uh, uh, Iron Jaws are in a good spot uh, for third edition. I think you're taking advantage of third edition rules quite well, whether it's having, you know, big heroes to use heroic actions. You've got the monsters be able to use the monstrous rampages. You've taken advantage of the board sizes being smaller, less bodies on the table. You've got more things to do. You have good options. I think, you know, there's, there's very little in this book that I felt were negative to you. And I know there's some changes like monstrous, uh, destructive bulk and, you know, some of the armor characteristics of the mega, the mega boss or more crusher, but, I think you've won more than you've lost, and and, and you're kind of seeing it already. I've seen a whole bunch of Iron Jaws players in the top tens in some of the big tournaments right now. So uh, I would and, – and, you know, be it Brute build, Piggy build, more Crusher build, maybe not Hard Boy build. Maybe. Maybe not Hard Boy build. Don't, don't put all your eggs in Hard Boys. Like, bring them. Like, but just don't build around Hard Boys as, like, the way you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah, which is a big change from, you know, last edition to this edition with the book. You know, I think a lot of people were doing more art boys just because they were that much more efficient than Brutes, right? But now with Brutes having the um, that new rule in there, you know, and then the pigs doing what the pigs do, you know, I think there's definitely some stuff there. But I think there, you know, there's a lot of diversity in the list. I think you could do like a list that I did that we showed here. You could do a Brute list. You could do even a heavier pig list. Um, so, I mean, there's lots, I think, uh, lots of options with limited scrolls, which is, you know, um, but no, I think it's uh, fun, and I think they're they're good in the meta because they can bring the damage. They got the movement. Uh, they can play the objective game a little bit, you know. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's a good uh, good spot there, so. I will say that I don't think Ard Boys are down and out. Like when I look at it, and you can, you, you, you know, there's a whole bunch of things still in Ard Boys. Like you, I wouldn't write them off completely, um, but I think it's definitely the Brits and, and Piggies who are winning. No, I think the chat, and I think the chat generally agrees. Donnie, if people want to chat to you, I do have your Twitter handle below. Is that the most active place you are on? If they want to kind of continue following your successes for the for the Gorka Morka? Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, try to get stuff posted in there. Um, also post stuff in like the WhatsApp and the Iron Jaws group and stuff like that. So um, try to keep things active there as well. So no, that's awesome. And everyone knows in my Discord, I have a awesome uh, Auric War Clans build. I've got lots of people doing list science. So uh, what I want to kind of end the show with, Donnie, is you know, traditionally I ask people, how are they building their Iron Jaws armies? Are they going double reinforcing their piggies? I'm yet to see someone go nine piggies. Uh, I'm seeing lots of sixes and threes. I'm not seeing a lot of nines, and I wonder if nines are too many, but I'd love to hear from the chat whether you're watching this live or on replay. How are you building? Are you doing lots of piggies and you're going lots of nines and there's a lot of value in nines to get CP efficiency? Are you using Kragnos or Omega Gargant? Are you running lots of things like this, or are you doing one drops in Battle Regiment? I think there's an interesting you know, Alpha Strike Battle Regiment build in this where you just go one drop, or two drops, and you just go in and go hard. That's cool. All right, yeah. Donnie, <laughs> Donnie's dog, Don, before the show went live, Donnie's dog was off the charts. I think Donnie just got home, and your dog's yeah. been very well behaved, so make sure yes. you give it a good belly scratch from me. Will do. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Um, no. Yeah, and just anything else I can answer, you know, in the future, definitely let me know. All right, Twitter handle below. Go chat. Go follow Donnie. He's a legend. All right, let's drop off. I'm going to have lunch. Have a good one. Thanks, Donnie. Right. Thanks again. Have a good one. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.